This is what's great about sports. You play to win the game. I win here and I win there. Now what? All right, all right, all right. Uh, how you doing out there, people? This is the Win Column Podcast. This is episode three. Got your boy here, Internet Space, uh, and I got Sleek with me, of course. Speak to the people. What's the word, people? What is the word, people? Look, man, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the... Um, exciting team some of the surprise teams in the nfl um after week three uh then we're going to kick it over to some nba talk uh preseason is 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 about to get going um you know that's one of my favorite sports that should be fun um and then of course we got the mop of the week for y'all and boy i mean it was a lot of candidates so this one this one was 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 fun to kind of you know try to figure out and we'll we'll get to that at the end of the show um so sleep you know what 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 are what did you want to kind of say about the nfl man yeah i mean it's it's shocking news it wouldn't be a week about football without two teams being mentioned the cowboys you know and the new england patriots um always in the news highly successful team uh every season they always get off the hot start so we always anticipate them going deep in the playoffs but wow are they not looking shaky right now um and certainly, uh, you know, weeks ago I called it on the Jags game. Uh, I, I just had a feeling that Jags were going to get the better, better of the Patriots that week, mm-hmm. and they certainly did. Uh, defense looked pretty fast, and and that's the thing. It just uh, New England just looks slow. They look slow out the gate. Their offense doesn't have doesn't carry the same momentum. Started the last week off with three consecutive uh, three and outs, uncharacteristic of this team. What is causing this? Uh, this this stumble of the the Patriots who so often gets off the hot starts. Well, I think it's a couple things. Um, one of them, you know, can be explained as far as just you know, um, you know, scheme and players. Um, and I think everybody's kind of already letting us know what those things are. The defense isn't that good. I would argue that the defense was never really all that good. Um, I really do believe. Well, they- Go ahead. They always claim bend but don't break kind of defense. Yeah, you know that that's been that's been uh, something they preached in that organization for and their, their defensive scheme reflected that so often. And um, so we're maybe perhaps we're seeing a time where it's breaking. Yeah, and what what I think is that this is a team that was built um, his you know in the Brady era, especially more so once they started to become more of a high powered offense rather than a ball control offense. They were always built to stop the run. Um, you're going to have a hard time winning football games if you can't stop a team from getting four or five yards of pop every time they hand the ball off. So they were built to be able to make you s- to, to, to deter you from even running the ball. Um, but what's happened is they can no longer do that. And when you can't keep a team from running, you cannot keep a team off of the field. You're, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to get a team off the field. But the other aspect of this team is that they were built to play with a lead. Um, They were built for getting you off the field, stopping the run. Uh, Tom Brady comes out. He gets you down by multiple scores. Now you're one-dimensional. You have to throw the ball so they know what you're doing now. Um, Not being able to make teams one-dimensional by not being able to stop the run. um, And also the offense isn't able to build up, you know, uh, you know, uh, multiple score advantages. It's really just kind of, 
what you're seeing is a team that's having a hard time adjusting to winning games in a way that it's not been accustomed to for years. Um, it's not like, you know, this is something that they just started doing. I mean, for like a decade, they were built to play with leads. So, you know, with these guys just not being able to play with leads anymore, um, you know, it just I think that that's kind of what's causing them to break down. But the thing that, I, you know, this this is well talked about. One thing that I really want to want to bring up, I think one of the biggest things that affected this team is that they had an aura about them. And I remember um, Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, saying one of the most important things to him to convey to his team going into that Super Bowl was to not get caught up in the mystique of the Patriots. And when you look at that playoff run for the Patriots, you had Jacksonville get a lead on those guys, but then kind of start to play, you know, scared and, you know, try to hold that lead and, you know, play um, based on the fact that they had the lead. And because of that, I, I think that what actually, what actually happens is you start to play into the Patriots' hands. You start handing that ball off because you're trying to keep Brady off the field. Um, you know, you really start to make yourself one-dimensional, as I was saying before. Now they know that you're just running the ball. Now that they know you're not passing the ball down the field, you're scared to turn over the ball, and you help them get back in the game. Um, teams now know that if you start to get up on these guys, you have to put your foot on the gas. Keep scoring. Keep being aggressive. And when you look at the team's – uh, historically that have beat the Patriots. There are teams that don't try to sit on the ball when they get a lead. They stay aggressive on both sides of the fall, a ball. They uh, they are not scared to, to pressure Brady, and they're not scared to pressure that defense. I think that that blueprint is out in the ethos, and it's affecting them. Yeah, indeed. And like you said, uh, so often, even when we saw in the Super Bowl against uh, the Seahawks, perhaps Seahawks outcoached themselves. Yeah, and uh, and thinking what what would Belichick do in the situation, or what he's thinking instead of effectively going on with your game plan, uh, I think has stymied the progress of uh, some of the Patriots' opponents. Mm-hmm. Thus, to your point that they get caught up in the mystique of the Patriots. Oh, they're so powerful; they're gods of the NFL, and the teams that uh, have defeated them have definitely had some great uh, defensive lines and have been able to force the issue. Uh, so they they've always been susceptible to. Uh, uh, pass protection against very aggressive defensive lines, you know, mm-hmm. big defensive lines. And so uh, we're seeing that manifest itself now uh, even more. Re- and then, like, that was the thing with Jacksonville. Their defense was just so fast and so youthful, so aggressive. And uh, I thought that they could – a game could be snatched from a team that, you know, tends to play it a little slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly uh, not all – this is only week three. Um we we can anything can be assumed at this point, but that's that's why we talk about it because things become so shocking. Uh, most especially when we talk about teams that are actually undefeated, unlikely teams that are undefeated in the very yeah. division that the Patriots are in. Miami three and zero. What's what's helped them get off to this fast start? Um, Ryan Tannehill is playing better. Uh, the defense is better than what you would think. Um, just to throw out a little preview uh, to something I'm going to release after after week four. Um, I actually did an article about my predictions for uh, the league. Um, I did it for all all 32 teams. I predicted what their record would be based on their schedule, predicted wins and losses. I had Miami being a one in six, a one in 15 team. I thought they were that bad. I didn't see really much talent on the roster outside of a few players here and there. 
Um, it looked to me that they were pretty bad at every level of uh, the defense. Um, they have a couple players in the secondary that could play, but I felt like in, in totality, I just thought this was going to be a bad team. Now, I'm not saying that I think that they're as good as their records uh, states. Um, you know, I think that the schedule has helped these guys a little bit, but hey, at the end of the day, you beat who's in front of you. So um, I'm not going to knock these guys, but Ryan Tannehill is playing better than expected. Um, you know, he's almost like, uh, you know, the other Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, you know, can really dazzle you for a couple games, but you never know how long it's going to last. So we'll see what that what happens with that. But after losing to Dominican Sue and and uh, some of the other pe- players that they've been uh, comfortable with uh, jettison um, over the last couple of years, this look like a team that's playing as a, as a unit. And, hey, man, they're, they're, they're better than anybody thought they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And yeah, they have yet to face the Patriots, which we've assumed will be a, a greater test for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, another surprise is uh, we were talking about with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and Andy Reid is always putting together something. And just to bring in another young quarterback who was drafted a couple of years ago, uh, is definitely having some uh, all-time NFL success. What's your take on the Chiefs? Project Pat. Project Pat, baby. Let me just <laughs> shout out to Project Pat real quick because he is leading my fantasy team um, as well. And um, he's making me a pretty dangerous fantasy team. So, you know, shouts out to uh, Project Pat for doing that for me. Um, And when it all boils down to it, man, I mean, he really is the key. Um, This is an offense that can threaten you in every part of the field. They have a a young slot guy in Chris Conley who kind of just knows how to, you know, find those open spaces that these incredible playmakers that are around him um, are, you know, creating. Um, with the attention that they bring. You got Travis Kelsey, who just destroys the middle of your field. No safety can defend him. No linebacker can defend him. And because of his speed and athleticism, um, unlike Gronk, who you can maybe try to defend with a taller corner, um, but also no disrespect to Gronk, he's kind of getting up there. Injuries have really sapped uh, some of his uh, athleticism. You, you, you Really, Travis Kelsey is a unbeatable matchup, and that's just – the bottom line to that. They added Sammy Watkins, a guy that I've never been super high on, um, you know, since he came out of the draft. I thought he would be a good player. I felt like he's been disappointing, um, but he's been really good for these guys. When he gets the ball in his hand, he's been electric, and then you just have the man, the myth, the legend. Um, You know, many of guys have been called human joysticks, but nobody is more of a a cheat code in the NFL than Tyreek Hill, Um, and he's helping to open the offense up even more because of how much attention he takes. And what 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 Project Pat does the best, or, or, or Pat Mahomes um, does the best, is he throws the ball to the open guy. So he makes it that much harder to key in on who you want to stop. Um, this, te- this is a team that's barely even running the ball. They might have two or three, uh, two or three uh, you know, uh, possession advantage, and they're still threatening you with the passing game. I mean, it's just – ultra aggressive. Um, The only thing to be cautious about is Andy Reid always kind of gets off to a hot start. um, And it feels like some point of the year, he just burns his play sheet and uh, go from ultra aggressive in the beginning of the year to really conservative in the second part of the year. Uh, We'll see what happens when it gets cold um, and things of that nature. Will it change how this offense plays? But Patrick Mahomes has the arm strength to challenge the fact that these guys are built to, into the field the defense certainly is horrible 
Um, but we are we may be watching one of the best offenses that the league has ever seen. I'm not saying the best, but you know, the Rams are all a high powered offense at the same time that we're seeing this Chiefs offense. But this is this is 2007 Patriots level. This is best show on uh, best show on turf level. This is a really, really, really good offense. No, absolutely. And then, like I said, Pat Mahomes making it work, making plays, extending plays. Uh, all right. from, uh, I don't want to cut you off, but can I hop back in there? Because I, I forgot to say that. The thing that makes the guy so dangerous is on top of what he can do to you in the pocket. This guy's pre-snap reads look to be really special uh, for a second-year player. Um, but the post-snap reads are great as well. Uh, he does a good job of coming off of that first read. He can stare guys down a little bit. Um, he had that problem in college. He does it sometimes in the, in the NFL, but he's corrected. It's like he gets better every game, just correcting mistakes from the last game. But like you said, the most dangerous thing about him is that if you can get to him to the pass rush, he can run around on you. I mean, Friends of mine are going to be upset. I have one particular that people would get to meet one day on this uh, podcast. Big time Green Bay Packers fan, big time Aaron Rodgers fan. And I think people expected to never see another kind of talent like Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Uh, Project Pat is, is Aaron Rodgers level mobility or better with Aaron Rodgers kind of arm strength and arm talent. And um, this is, this is pretty incredible. Sorry to cut you off. I could talk about Project Pat all day. No, no, I totally understand. And definitely he's had such an exciting uh, breakout in these first three games. So, uh, you know, I always anticipate Andy Reid being in the thick of things come playoff time. And, you know, for some reason I'm kind of pulling for the Chiefs just overall because they seem like uh, we've heard about uh, when Priest Holmes and uh, Trent uh, Trent, – who was the quarterback? Um he was Redskins quarterback. Can't remember his name. Signed a big deal. Trent Trent Green uh, was the quarterback. Definitely had a very explosive offense that really materialized into nothing. So uh, I don't think this is the circ- these are the circumstances for this 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 uh, this particular Chiefs team. I think that this is perhaps something special, as you may have alluded to, especially offensively. But you know uh, that comes. We'll have a host of great matchups coming up this weekend. Another thing that starts. Early this weekend is the NBA preseason. Uh, one of my favorite things to discuss. I love basketball. I love NBA basketball. You love NBA preseason, though? NBA preseason. We're already here, man. Okay, wow. I, mean, I, I happen to think that NBA preseason is a worse form of preseason in the NFL. Uh, well, it is, I mean, look, it's all story. about – it's kind of about – the thing about NBA preseason, it's not necessarily about the guys trying to make the team, but it's, it's really establishing some continuity for some. Uh, getting the competitive juices rolling. I was watching the LeBron James interview today. Well, let me just start it off with this. Um, that LeBron James being the polarizing NBA figure that he is, is really hard not to uh, monitor his moves, um, especially going to a franchise like the Los Angeles Lakers. So, that brings such an element of excitement to this preseason, being that that character is going to be working with some, uh, playing with some new te- teammates, uh, some teammates that uh, have uh, won in their own right, have been successful and have some playoff experience. And then you got a host of some young guys mm-hmm. uh, that have showed some promise. So that that is definitely a, a, um, 
one of the teams to watch going into this 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 season. Um, and you know, just the thought of having an NBA preseason start so soon, so suddenly, um, it's just uh, you know, it's a good time for sports fans right now. Um, and so, being I'm a, such an NBA fan, NBA head, uh, I'm definitely uh, this just brought joy to me of learning that the preseason was so <laughs> so soon. So, just jumping into the Lakers, uh, I think that's an easy one to dive into. Um, the acquisition of LeBron James, one of the biggest acquisitions that I think that franchise has ever really taken on. You know, they've had so many guys come from other teams. Wilt Chamberlain, uh, <laughs> just Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal. Those are such huge names to make free agency moves to Which come to Los Angeles. Argument in and of itself, though, because when you name those names, saying that LeBron James is the biggest name, is saying a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's arguable, but I think that, like, I can't argue against it, and that says a lot about LeBron James. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think just in terms of uh, his impact, uh, and his impact continues to grow in so many different capacities. Um, just, But even keeping it on a basketball sense, I mean, the guy's had a – he's been under a microscope from, from – even before day one, <laughs> before his NBA, it was an NBA conception happened before he was actually an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave birth to such a great career. So being that he's still having such a great active career, year 16, um, has definitely made him a figure in the NBA that we've really never seen before. Yeah. Uh, so that can, that can't be denied. And with this, when you join that with a storied franchise and then one of the other polarizing figures in the NBA with Magic Johnson in the, in the mix. I mean, that makes for an incredible story. It's definitely its own reality show. On the, I don't think we've seen this kind of um, drama associated with basketball uh, ever. Yeah, uh, it's definitely it's, it's definitely a story that can be written by anyone. Um, and you know, LeBron James takes this in stride. It's a beautiful thing. So he brings cameras to. Uh, he brings even more cameras to a team with some players that aren't used to that kind of scrutiny and attention. Uh, but then some are. Uh, I look for the Los Angeles Lakers to definitely win 50 games. Uh, being that they, this young team that was riddled with injuries, with key players, uh, are <laughs> going to be even healthier, going to have more length on the defensive end. Um, I, there's no, you can't tell me that they're not going to. Um, fall in love with the grind of basketball alongside LeBron James and Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson and a two-time champion, JaVale McGee. These are guys that have been in the the, the NBA grind uh, the last few seasons and certainly Rondo over the course of a decade. Um, I, I think they're definitely a team that are going to be better than assumed. Um, but, but you know, along, you know, that's not to say that there's teams like uh, Utah who I think are, you know, uh, very valuable uh, to the 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 Western Conference mix, and uh, and then there's no doesn't need to be said the champs. Uh, Golden State Warriors are arguably the best overall franchise in NBA history, not just team, but just the way the franchise is constructed. I think they've constructed something beautifully and have offered a template of how to create an NBA franchise and be successful with this franchise. Keep it up, you know, they would definitely be in a conversation. I think. L.A. and Boston has definitely, you know, uh, done enough to, you know, still be maybe considered, you know, one of the just best front offices of all time, even when they've struggled. 
Um, it's just more success than failure. But I think Golden State has created something that's unique. Uh, they've changed the paradigm that will always, you know, that will go down in history um, just as far as how they've been able to just, uh, you know, create a dynasty from first and foremost, the draft. Um, secondly, being able to sustain that dynasty by creating a culture that made guys like Kevin Durant and, you know, and now DeMarcus Cousins want to be there. Yeah. And, and I, I'm high on coaching. You know, uh, I think when you have an organization that is uh, allowing your coach this much freedom, especially a coach like, you know, you and I have personally talked about this before, about how this is a guy in Steve Kerr that has so much unique experience that cannot be uh, taken away from, from any other coach. No other coach can present what he presents through experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is unique to this Golden State franchise. But going again with coaching uh, being such an incredible uh, element, I want to shift gears to the West uh, Eastern Conference to talk about Boston Celtics. Uh, I love Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens is a great young coach that relates to young players. Absolutely. Uh, he, has, he definitely has a host of talent with his, uh, with his, with his team right now and he has some returning talent. Uh, what's your take on uh, Kyrie Irving's return alongside uh, Gold, uh, Gordon Hayward? Well, I tell you what, man, I would like to have a brief conversation um, uh, about something that popped up in my head. So I don't want to reveal that quite yet, but I will say that I think that this is a really deep team and a really, really good team. And I think that anybody who's sleeping on this team or overlooking this team um, is going to you know, really have their eyes awoken, awaken, awaken, awaken. I don't know how the word is said, but at the end of the day, your eyes will be open when this team starts playing basketball. I, I think that I've always said this and I maintain this to this day. Gordon Hayward, if he is your second, second best player on your team and you have a true superstar, you're going to have a really good team because guys like Gordon Hayward can do everything. Gordon Hayward can shoot the three. He can defend, he can rebound, he can assist the ball, and he can get his own shot. Um, yeah. I mean, he has a little he's, – he's, he's one of those guys that I think is a little bit better than just good at everything. I think he's a little bit, like, great at everything. You know what I mean? And I think that it's something that people don't really understand. Um, I think that there's, like, a reverse racism in sports where it's like when you're white, you don't get to be athletic, you don't get to be good, you know what I mean, or great you get to just be good i think gordon hayward is a really really good player if he comes back from that injury um as the guy he was before or even better because he's still young enough to continue to get better he makes that team incredibly good when you add the fact that these guys are from from the one to the five have the ability outside of Kyrie Irving to just throw a bunch of forwards at you that could play any position i mean this is they have the ability to be a positionless basketball team um, with guys that are very versatile, guys that can do a lot of different things on the court. Um, Jason Tatum is it was an incredible draft pick. Kyrie Irving is an incredible player and 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 big shot maker. I think that this is a really really good basketball team that can beat anybody, and I think that includes Golden State. I'm, I mean, that's how I really feel. No, I agree. Uh, they are a matchup nightmare. They're deep. Uh, and then I, I love the commitment with the team. Everybody is, nobody's fighting for minutes. Nobody, there's no talk of, uh, in fact, the only talk I've heard from uh, 
Tatum and uh, Rozier was that, hey, I'll do what it takes. I'll, I don't mind coming off the bench. That's the attitude you want from committed basketball players that understand there's a bigger goal in mind. And I, I have to agree with you. Um, I, I wanted, to, I didn't really want to touch on it too much, but I, I am a big Gordon Hayward fan. Uh, definitely, he's able to stretch the floor in so many ways, being six eight, so he can play multiple positions. Um, he's long, he's lengthy, he can uh, he can score from a multiple. He can spot up, he can handle the ball, he can get to the paint, he can score, he can post up. He has so many, uh, and he can pass. Right. I mean, he is he's he he the total package. Yeah, and, and he's and, been the best player on the playoff team before. Another thing that people don't give him credit for. Yeah, and and that's another thing. He's been co- I mean. So he's also playing with Brad Stevens again, right? You know, so, you know. So this is a beautiful opportunity for this team, uh, and so I, I do look for them. I do feel that they can compete and beat any team in the NBA. Uh, are they mature enough to finish series, finish games? That's to be seen. Yeah, I think that, that would be the only challenge. The, that will be the question for this team. That'll be the thing that'll allow a lot of people to still continue to pick Golden State and feel like that they could they could come out with it. But you know, if I haven't already, you know, spoiled. Spoiled it enough. I think that these are the two teams that meet in the championship, and I don't think that it'll be an easy run for Golden State. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, assuming, but if you don't, you know, that's fine too. Assuming that you see Golden State as being the team that represents the West for the finals, um, who do you think are their biggest challengers? Um, in the West, and yeah. who do you think has the best chance of actually beating them, meeting them in the finals, and, and defeating them? It sounds like we both agree it's Boston, but um, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so. Well, I see. I didn't get a chance to talk about the other Eastern Conference team because I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Boston, but but I will answer this question now. Um, as far as the Western Conference teams, I'm telling you, I'm I'm pretty much sold on Utah. I think that I'm sold on Utah, and I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I think I think the Lakers have a chance to jump up there and get to the Western Conference Finals. I am not sold on Houston. I'm not sold on um, Portland, who was the number three seed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm liking uh, the Pelicans more, but I still don't feel they're up at that level to compete with uh, you know in the top three realm of teams that are going to compete for. You know, a trip to the finals. Yeah. And so I, I really look for. I mean, the, the and you know Houston. I, de- I definitely think they could be a foe, but I really look for the 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 reason why I really like the Lakers aside from LeBron James being, uh, you know, their success. He's at the pinnacle of any success that they have. Uh, you know, he'll 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 dispense the success in a sense. He facilitates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely feel that they're a tall, lengthy team. Everywhere, yeah, even, even they're deep, they're deep. yeah, yeah. And it's just, I just feel that they have a lot of athletes that could, and they can play at any tempo. Shooting might be the only question that I have with them, but I, I look for one guy to really break out is the poor man's, uh, the future poor man's Kevin Durant and Brandon Ingram. I look for him to rebound very well. He's starting to understand his body. This is a guy that can uh, make moves out the post, even as a young man. Uh, dribble moves to areas being as big as he is, the pull-up shot. I think he's getting more comfortable, getting stronger. I look for him to have a really breakout season. And I think that is going to be a fan, though. Um, You're not? I, I, I'm not, but it's not that I don't think he can play. One thing that I don't – I don't I don't think I, – I don't see uh, Kevin Durant. I see Kevin Durant physically, but I don't see a guy who can – 
score in all the different ways that Kevin Durant can. You know what I mean? Um, but I did say I did say poor man's. Right. I, I didn't say. Uh... I, I I get that. And so at the at the end of the day, yeah, poor man's for sure. Um, but so I think that's a very bold prediction because of the fact that I'm not a big fan of his. I I I don't. You know what? Like. The funny thing is, is that I, I, I'm with you that I think that people are sleeping on this team. I think people are looking at this team and only looking at the negatives. And I think that because everybody kind of looks at Golden State and, and kind of feels like you need to build something similar to them or something that 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 readily appears um, ready to, to challenge them. I, I think that because of that, we kind of dismiss certain teams. But I do think that the Lakers are deep. Like you said, I agree that they're long. I think that, yes, shooting – clearly seems to be an issue and I think that comes to bite them at some point but I think that like one of the things that people just didn't realize about Golden State last year this was not a good shooting team overall um all the shooting came from three players um yeah at the end of the day the Lakers may be you know similarly built I think they're built more like Golden State than what people even understand or realize absolutely I mean uh and, and that that starts with a guy like Draymond Green I think he's the offset that he's the fulcrum for what they do. And because you have some other guys that can get hot at any moment, um, that's where I think the LeBron James, Draymond Green area of the floor and how they style of play, I think that's what kind of starts to, you start to draw similarities because as you start to branch out to the other players and how they're, how they're likely to uh, be situated around LeBron James, it will kind of mirror uh, Golden State some. They just don't have, any guys, you know, nobody in the starting lineup that you'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's a knockdown three-point shooter. So right. you got to get out on them. But as, that being said, um, you know, maybe they will become better shooters, being that, you know, LeBron James is known to drive. He's an aggressive guy. Uh, one of the things I think takes away from his ability to win MVP as of late is that he is looking to attack the paint as opposed to just relying on jump shooting, which is an easy way to identify a score. So – you know, I, I think that they probably will work the kinks out. You know, uh, some guys might improve in their shooting. So it's, it's to be seen. But look, before before get we get on, right? Yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to touch on a couple of East teams that I you know I personally feel are going to be uh, better than people think. Well, one, I think people think realize assume that Philadelphia is going to be in the thick of things. I, I do too. I just do think they regressed some from last year. Uh, had the losing, losing some uh, rotation players like Ilya Sova. Even though he was replaced with Wilson Chandler, I think that's definitely a good addition. Uh, I'm just concerned that they won't have as many uh, rotational guards to help out with uh, what they need to do. And are they going to be better defensively? I'm not certain. Uh, but one of the teams that I think is nef- definitely going to be in the thick of things, regardless of a coaching change, uh, I really like the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I still think they're a big team. I think they improved getting Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. That's huge. Uh, and I think they they had the most productive bench in the NBA, and they were a bunch of young guys. Yeah, They're athletic off the bench. They're a great defensive bench. They're only going to get better now they had some playoff experience. They went through that grind of playing 90 games. But, you know, uh, I think, well, actually, what is it, 86, 86 games, I believe, they played. So, uh I look for that team to do some great things and, and rival Boston. I think those are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Well, yeah, that, uh, that, I look would, be, for those. that would be really interesting, man. Um, yeah. I, I I personally don't – I personally see it as the 76ers in, in Boston. Um, I kind of look at it as a two-horse race myself. Um, you actually made me think about Toronto a little bit more. Um, but the, the, the team that I would say that I hope – 
can really get their hat in the ring is is the Bucks. I'm a huge Giannis Octatutumpo yeah. uh, fan. Um, I've never been able to say his name right. You know what I mean? But it's all good. Um, I'm, but I'm a huge Giannis fan, man. And I would and I would uh, I would love to see the Bucks be able to throw their hat in that ring. But I, f- I really feel like they've been held back by coaching. I feel like Jason Kidd did a really poor job, and I don't feel like um, you know the replacement was was much better. You know what I mean? Especially when I can't even remember the guy's name without looking at it. So at the end of the day, um, not I'm, I'm not encouraged there, but I, I definitely would, would would hope that this this is a team that's able to to have some say so about what happens. Yeah, I, I've really put them in the same category as the Wizards. Um, I, I don't see, I don't know. I, I have, I'm not a big Giannis fan. I'm not saying that he's not good. I just feel that, uh, um, you know, he definitely, I mean, look, he's a young player. He's improving every season. So I can't knock his effort. Uh, do I think he's there yet? No, I don't, I don't look at him as a superstar yet. I don't think he can propel his team, uh, being that he's such a poor shooter. It takes, makes, takes poor shots, forces the issue. So, he definitely needs to be coached up, and coaching is a huge thing with this franchise. Yeah. It just goes to show you how hard it is to build a championship caliber franchise. Yes. All the pieces have to be in place, and if you don't have uh, the best of star talent, you definitely need an organized scheme to get people the pieces that you have in place because they have a lot of talent, a lot of big talent. Uh, I, I'm a big Chris Middleman, Middleman. guy. I, you yeah. know, I, I used him on, uh, on 2K. You know, he definitely has a lot of skill, a little bit underrated. Uh, but uh, I think they have the talent there. Um, if it's organized, it could be productive. But to the likes of Toronto, Philadelphia, and uh, Boston, eh, I, I really doubt it. I, they're, they're, they're like the Milwaukee Wizards to me. I'm but look, sad. really, we, I think, uh, you know, last week we started off with something new. And, uh, you know, we see a whole there's, – there's a host of bloopers and idiotic things we see in sports. But, man – the mop of the week. We got to call one guy out. What you got for us, Space? Oh, man. The mop of the week. Look, man, Isaiah Johnson, I'm sorry. Um, we're all sorry. The, la- the You know, you, you hate to kind of kick a guy wise down, laugh at a guy wise down. You know what I mean? But at the end of the yeah. day, Isaiah Johnson, you're the mop of the week, man. You are the guy who had the worst performance in all the sports as far as I'm concerned. Um, listen, man. Isaiah Johnson, this guy tracks a ball a little bit too long. You know what I mean? Like at some point, your 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 on field awareness it just has to be there. Now, the t- no no just let just just to just to give just to paint the picture, we're talking about Steelers uh, the Steelers Bucks game, right? You know, silly me, I forgot about all of that. I forgot about the details that that make it, you know, that really drive the point home. We're talking about the Steelers Bucks game. Uh, we get this young guy Isaiah Isaiah Johnson. Um, he's covering one of the Steelers' third-string tight ends down the field. This guy is not paying attention where he is, but the tight end baited him. I mean, the, t- the, the, the tight end did him dirty because this guy should have stopped running for the ball a long time ago. Isaiah Johnson is <laughs> wipes out. Uh, oh, I my mean, goodness. Wipes out, you know. I mean, he looked like he was trying to catch a fly ball. That was going- <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. being a home run. I mean, he truly did. I mean, that's exactly what it ended up looking at. Looking like you you don't see things like that in football. And listen, for a guy who 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 goes out on the field, you know, regularly on uh, on Sundays, man, like I'm far from a professional player. I'm far from even a semi-pro player. But one thing that's instinctual about football, I think, or at least should be, is just kind of knowing where you are on the field. 
You know what I mean? That if I am going to brag about myself a little bit, I've caught enough touchdowns out there to just be able to feel that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And all you have to do is take a quick little peek down to see where the white lines are. And Isaiah Johnson, you forgot where the white lines are, but that wasn't it. I mean, he was at a place where there were no more white lines. Exactly. I mean, when, I when, mean it was like I mean, he was like ten yards out of bounds. Right. When you start hearing the crowd clearly, like they sound like you're on the phone with them, bruh, you have <laughs> right. you went too far. You know what I mean? Um but that's just the that's what made him the mop of the week. At the end of the day, we're in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left, a very winnable game. Sean Jackson gets a punt return and does the most Deshaun Jackson thing ever. Jukes a couple guys, hits the right sideline, streaks up, touchdown would have made the game 27 to 30, a three-point game with eight minutes left. The Bucks are surging at home. No, we got a flag on the field. Isaiah Johnson was holding. <laughs> oh, my God, Isaiah Johnson. You almost died running into the damn wall. Chasing a ball that you should have stopped chasing 10, 10 or 20 yards ago. And then you have the holding penalty that destroys what would have been just a three-point deficit for your team at home, crowd on your side, momentum fully on your side. Isaiah Johnson, you are the mop of the week, playboy. The janitor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So... I think with that being it, unless you have some more things to say about our John, Isaiah Johnson being the mop of the week, man, it sounds uh, like. I mean, I'm gonna be real, man. Like you know, we, the Kawhi laugh, man. I, I can't go with. Oh uh, yeah, man. I mean, dude, you know, I feel for the band because you know th- that the pain that's associated with that laugh, or, or, or so it seems, has to come from someplace. I hear he had, you know, his father died when he was young, so you know, dealing with that growing up, I'm sure he, you know. Pretty yeah. internalized a lot of stuff, but boy, you right. know, his laugh was scary. It was, right. actually, God would it was, have I, story, but that shit was, you know, horrible. Yeah, that, sh- that, sh- that shit got me looking at, like, I need to find out the scientific reason for laughing because he struggled, <laughs> he struggled to laugh. I would have cured this man. <laughs> his, face, his face did not represent anyone that was laughing. It was like, no, it was, right. like hold on. It almost sounded like the audio was off. I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> it was like a laugh trying to become something else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was developing into a whole nother like form of language and just expression. And I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was, yeah, it, I was like, I was like, wow, that, that, that was, was very scary. Recesses of his mind, man. I don't know yeah. what the hell happened there, but it, it, you know, he gave it his best. But that's all I got. All right, man. So you know, Isaiah Johnson, my for the week. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, you were the runner-up if it weren't for Isaiah Johnson just a day later, um, or maybe even in the same day, um, you know, exploding his face on a wall and then having uh, just just an egregious holding penalty. Uh, and it probably, you know, I didn't even – they never even replayed it. It probably wasn't even a holding at the end of the day, um, you know, with the, way they, with the way the refs are doing these things these days. But, hey, doesn't, doesn't take away from the wall hitting and all that other garbage. So, look, man – that's the map of the week. We broke down the football for y'all. We broke down the basketball for y'all. We really do try to bring this insight, you know what I mean, with our own little opinion and have fun and stuff like that. And I hope you guys enjoyed yet another show. Remember, you can follow us at, at NTWC1. Um, that's where you can follow us on Twitter. 
Um, also on Instagram, that is at NTWC1. That's INTWC1. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we appreciate all seven of the listeners that we get. Uh, we love you guys. We can't wait till it turns to 700, 7,000, maybe 7 million. We'll see if it gets there, man. But we're having a lot of fun. Sleep. You got anything to say to the people? No, I love the people. Love the listeners, man. Just keep it going. We'll be here next week. All right, man. All right, everybody.